Welcome back, everyone, to a special episode of Screenplay Rewind. I'm Jeff. I'm Ron. And it's a special, basically a little recap on the second half of WandaVision, because we did watch the first five and do our first episode on it, but we wanted to go ahead and give our closing thoughts on it now that the finale is hit and the show has wrapped. With uh, I, was, I thought it was pretty interesting that they actually named the ninth episode the series finale Yes. to potentially you know, uh, kind of shut down all those rumblings that people had had. You know, it was a pretty popular show and people are you know, like, hey, what, when second the second season going to come out? You know, like, what could it be about? And it seems like this is going to be a one and done type of thing. Well, with the way that the Marvel Universe works anyway, if you wanted to do another series, I mean, odds are you're going to want to mix in a different character and have a different plot line anyway. Why not just call it something different when you do bring her back in another series, you know? Yeah, um... And we'll get into it in more detail, obviously, throughout the episode, but she seems to be, which is, like, really cool that she's now uh, shaping up to be, like, a lot more important character overall, Yes, which is very good, because it's criminal how many films she was in and just had little screen time she she got, considering that Elizabeth Olsen has kind of turned out to be, in my opinion, like, one of their most talented actors or actresses they have, like, in any of the movies. She's so good. So good. She's absolutely incredible, and uh, this... This show was worth it, uh, existing just for her performance. Just to showcase Bettany's performances her and alone. Paul Bettany, yes. Also to give uh, Catherine Hahn some more love, too. Like She's always been really good, but she's just always been more of like a, just a character actor. But now she actually got to be had like a, you know, like a meteor part for the most part. You know, more like a public stage, I guess. Yeah, I think I said in the one through five recap, this is the only thing I know her from. I went through her IMDb and I haven't seen any of it. I'm sure you've seen her and stuff. She's just always one of the side characters. So she would pop in and you like do her job really good and always be like really good in her in her character actor small role. But this was a pretty you know, especially right now with nothing else really happening in the world. This this has been one of the biggest things to happen. Or probably this and Mando have been the biggest things to happen during the pandemic, uh, like entertainment wise. Yes, I would agree with that. Let's just do some like uh, quick like initial impressions. What were your initial impressions uh, upon watching the finale? Uh, just just real quickly, obviously, we're going to be talking full spoilers for the entirety of WandaVision Season 1 and potentially the entire show based on the name of it. So please have watched the finale and the entirety of the show. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, for the spoilers. love of God, please have watched the entire show. Because we did cover yes. 1 through 5, but these episodes all refer back to... I mean, it's a series. They all refer back to themselves. So we are going to be talking spoilers for the entire series. Absolutely. So Bobby, turn it off because I want to watch this with you eventually. Yeah, for sure. And, and we're going to be focusing more so on uh, the last few episodes since that's what we hadn't already talked about. But this now that we have the full picture of the entirety of the show in our mind and we can kind of formulate our final thoughts on it, um, it'll be probably more of just like a general overview, probably uh, specifically focusing on the, the final two episodes. Because I think that's where like the real meat yes, of the last I few agree. episodes were. Uh, it was the, the, the penultimate one in this finale. So what, what were your initial uh, impressions on the finale, Ron? Overall, I liked it. it. It's got some problems, but overall, I, I liked it, and I thought it was good. That's about where I came in on. Um, I have some some problems with the finale, but the things that the finale does well, it does in- exceptionally well, and I absolutely loved the parts of it that I did love. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the problems that I ended up having with the finale also are tied into the way that I think this show was kind of misrepresented by their, uh, the, the people behind the show, as far as 
I don't think they were expecting this show to get quite as big as it has been. Because obviously when the show was first thought up, we weren't in a pandemic yet. Right. They they didn't realize that they were going to be like the hit thing on the fucking face of the planet for two months straight, you know? Like this has been like prime time. You know, this this has been like essentially like Game of Thrones level big, you know, like towards the last few seasons of that show. Like on just how much like you pull up fucking Twitter. And like you literally have to avoid Twitter until you watch the episode because shit will get spoiled to you because it is just fucking everywhere. Yes, everyone is watching it and everyone is talking about it. And you you just got to go into lockdown until you watch it. Um, My first thing that I want to talk about is I think this show, because this show, because I, I agree with you overall, I like the finale. The, the people online that have been so hardcore about theorizing about the cameos and shit like that and you know you remember a few episodes ago like they talked about like some scientist or some engineer and people were like oh this is reed richards Richards, or this is hank mccoy everyone that fixated on those aspects of like the puzzle box aspects of the show hate this finale because all of those mysteries and like subplots and shit amounted to literally nothing to the point I'm kind of irritated that they seem to make it be such like a focal point of the like their their talk like because when they were interviewed like the director and the showrunner and the actors and actresses like all they keep talking about is like we have this amazing cameo that rivals Luke Skywalker and if Kevin Peters was that cameo, then that is not the same thing. That was, it ended up being such a massive fuck you bait and switch that I was actually irritated by it. Really? Even, uh, yeah. including, uh, Paul Bettany's, uh, Paul uh, Bet, yeah, him, him trolling everyone. Him trolling everyone, yeah. It's great. I love it. I, I get uh, the Paul Bettany thing is kind of funny in retrospect, but I, I, I think some shows can get away with a week-to-week format. Like, I think Mando being week-to-week is fantastic. I think this show being week-to-week really hurt some of the reception that people are going to have to it. Because the problem with having a show that's week-to-week that is pretending to have this, like, puzzle box element to it uh, in the the matter of, like, a Lost or a a Westworld, when the show was going week-to-week and, you know, you were were listening to a lot of podcasts that were, like, theorizing on shit that, you know, like, the, the potential theories. Yeah. And everyone has these, like, wild, outlandish theories, you know? One of them was right. <laughs> True. Um, but the, the thing is, is after this finale happens, and this, this finale, like, veers back into being just about, like, the trauma that, that you know, like, uh, that Wanda was undergoing. And if that was the point, and that's, like, that's, like, what the, the director, Matt Shackman, the director of all nine episodes, and one of, like, the executive producers, I think, is as, as well... He talked about how, you know, people were potentially like, uh, especially on Reddit, I'm sure this is being killed on Reddit because that's where the focal point of all the theories and they, well, they wanted this show to be like Westworld and Lost where the week to week like puzzle box mystery nature is like the, the point of the show almost. It's like the engagement between the audience figuring shit out. That's not how the nothing. works. (laughs) There was, well, WandaVision trolled everyone by playing with those types of like like we remember when they had like they literally had fucking jimmy woo on a goddamn whiteboard doing reddit theories yeah is vision alive and like they clearly knew what people were going to do but if you're gonna have your director come out and say you know this show is always about grief it was always about wanda 
then why go down that troll route with like the the Paul Bettany trolling and like the Evan Peters thing is kind of ridiculous in my opinion in retrospect because his character is literally fucking meaningless in the end like I got taken out of that I got taken out of that episode for a troll and a fucking boner joke literally Mm mm-hmm that's some bullshit. Like, the, the, there's so much in this series that I absolutely adore, and the stuff that I like. I think if this had been less episodes, and it was just purely focused on Wanda and Vision and her grief and her trauma, and it was more focused, and you didn't have the ability to like have these, because like, if you if you just had this show be like six or seven episodes long, and it was just focused on, and it was dropped all at once. You can get rid of a lot of the theory crafting shit because people don't do that typically when it's a binge. They just sit it all, uh, they watch it all in one sitting, regardless. and you walk away. People, people are gonna, people are gonna do the theory crafting regardless, no matter what you do. No, but there is no time to do theory crafting if it's if it's a binge model. I like, I really yeah. think this show, this like the the release format and the interviews with Elizabeth Olsen, like amping up the cameo. It all did this show no favors because it really ended up getting misrepresented in the long run because they circled the show back around to what I wanted it to be about like Wanda's trauma and her. But you see, that's all it ever was to me. Like I, it, but I it's didn't not buy into uh, every episode. That's kind of all I ever saw, though. But they they veer away so many times uh, from Blake. Uh, like here, this is another problem I had. I will circle around to like stuff that I really liked. Monica Rambeau had literally nothing, nothing to, to do, do in the finale. Yeah, they, like uh, what was that? Yeah, this was supposed to be like her origin for her to spin off into the movies, I guess. But like you said, one of the this is an, a pure example of they had no idea this show was going to do what it did. Because they would have done more with her because the internet fucking loves Monica Rambeau and Photon. And if they had seen that coming, they would have done they would have done more. There's a there's a lot of evidence to what you're talking to that changes if they had predicted how big this was gonna be. Yeah, that definitely plays into it too, but but it also it's just weird because they, like they had one entire episode dedicated to Monica. Mm-hmm. And if you were going to circle back around and I understand that she ends, this ends up being primarily her setup for her role in Captain Marvel too. But I, like when this show's entire purpose and your director confirms it, it's supposed to be about Wanda's character development with her coming to terms with all the grief that she's been dealing with. This doesn't seem like a good, a good place for that for me. Like I, I really would have preferred the show be a, a like a tighter story that was more focused that didn't have these kind of random offshoots like the first two episodes were cool because like you know in retrospect because they're really amping up like the sitcom thing but then the sitcom like pastiches kind of disappear too after a point and you understand why she did them in the first place but they never really like circle because like what one thing that i thought was actually gonna end up happening is you remember uh, a couple episodes ago when she is having bits and pieces around her face from like time period to time period and you see like a milk carton transfer from yeah. something that lo- would look like it was in the 60s and like 70s and so forth and just okay i thought they were gonna do more with like the the hex 
breaking down and it just going like haywire. I thought it would have been kind of cool if like mid action sequence, uh, if you get what I'm saying, right? They were switching between different time periods and stuff. They they could have been a lot of interesting stuff with that little aspect. They just kind of never really got touched on again. And I I think the because if you look back at the the writers who were assigned to each episode. The showrunner wrote the very first episode and the finale, and I think they, if if this show feels like a little bit to me when you look back on it, like the writer's room was very divisive, like they didn't fully know what like the, the, the true voice of the show was going to be because it's, it's odd there. There's a lot of great stuff in the show, but it seems to be a lot of all over the place, uh, focus points. Like you have like the stuff with Monica that ends up kind of not really being important to the main storyline. You have, uh, you know, like you show Agatha's background a little bit, but like I still don't know what she truly wanted to do with the Scarlet Witch powers and villainous things, Jeff. And, she, and Catherine Hahn is so good in this role. The fact that she just kind of ends up being like a mustache twirler in the end that was disappointing to me. It's, uh, it sucks because there's a lot that I really love about this finale. That, that like, um, I, I, I just really think this show needed to be revamped a little bit in the writer's room before they went into production especially since it ended up having you know potentially more time because this did get delayed that mean that gives you more time to like kind of hone in from the writer's room perspective before you get back to like fully finishing the filming and everything and that's just a bummer to me but in a way the writer's room divisiveness that you're talking about kind of goes full circle and plays into it right because sitcoms don't have one writer one direction <laughs> you know what i mean it also yeah, kind of plays back yeah. into it a little bit it's it's just you know they... if you want that kind of sitcom feel you got to emulate a sitcom i mean i'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here but you, you, all these you things i'm talking saying. about were in the episodes where they had completely stopped doing sitcom right. stuff so that that kind of no longer like really applies to it Mm-hmm. in retrospect i th- i think the penultimate episode is probably my favorite of the show um the really? the kind of like a christmas carol style mm-hmm. thing with agatha of walking through like these these bits and pieces and in, in uh in wanda's past and the idea that you know it wasn't just random that the stark bomb didn't kill them that it was actually wanda's witch powers right putting a probability hex on it to to save them Stuff like that was like so cool because they're elaborating on these details that they had only ever touched very briefly on in Age of Ultron and, and the previous films they were in. Mm-hmm. And that whole episode I thought was fucking genius. I absolutely loved the penultimate episode. You are not alone on that. It's got a huge reception online. It's got a 9.1 on IMDb. Uh, the folks over at Tested, that was their favorite episode as well. I mean, I liked a lot of what happened in that, but compared to every other episode in the series with what they managed to do, everything they managed to emulate. I mean, the Christmas Carol style, just walking through a door into the past, didn't do a whole lot for me. And actually, a lot of the issues that I had with the finale to me felt like they just tried to fit too much into too small a space. So I would have actually led some of that over into previously on rather than just starking it up at the end. I think it's very strange that this show ended up being nine episodes long because you have this, like, the the first two episodes are purely 
sitcom throwback. And they Falcon have and the very little plot. They're supposed to be six. They're longer, but they're supposed to be six. The thing about it, though, is like Captain, uh, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is just going to be an espionage thriller. It's not anywhere. It's like kind of apples and oranges with this, because what you have back in, in like a WandaVision is WandaVision is like really trying to tell this like very intellectual story that is very counterintuitive to what the MCU typically presents, which is what makes it cool. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the pacing as far as how much information and character development they have, the first two episodes there's no character development it is just raw sitcom throwback you know what the third episode they start to the to splash in a little bit of like the the parallel storyline of the modern day sword side with like jimmy and and monica and darcy and all of them and then you have just bits and pieces towards like the middle and it's like once we get to like the last two or three episodes like to your point they go from like very slow and methodical to breakneck speed of just like piling on all of these plot elements and yeah the agatha reveal comes very late in the show and it, it is just, it's very bizarre pacing to me overall you know what it kind of reminds me of when you look at it as a whole ironically is age of ultron because the first yeah, time you watch age of ultron uh especially in theaters back in the day when it first came out you're just like I'm sorry, what is happening? Because we're setting up Thor Ragnarok, we're setting up Black Panther, we're setting up all of these different things, and it literally just felt like it was crowbarred into the middle of the movie. And WandaVision was kind of doing the same thing with Monica Rambeau and um, setting up both the sword... Is it a movie or a show with Nick Fury and Monica Rambeau? And then we also have Captain Marvel 2 with Monica Rambeau. Mm-hmm. Um, we're setting all of that up. Um, we're setting up the return of Vision. We're setting up potentially Wanda to be the villain of Doctor Strange, um, uh, and Spider Verse. I'm gonna guess, since she's probably about to fracture everything, and we're gonna get multiple universes in two different movies, and really, kind of the birth of the X Men. We're starting to fold in the X Men a tiny bit. Because that's kind of what she is, and it stands to reason, if you extrapolate it all out, that her brother was an X-Man also. Because the stone didn't give her her power, it augmented the power she already had. If it did that for her, and her brother got super speed from the stone, maybe it just augmented what was already laying dormant in him as well. Well, a theory that I had while watching that second to last episode that's kind of interesting um, that that works as kind of an organic way to roll in mutants is so what so what they're saying in the second to last episode when they have that flashback to the Hydra base is it's the them coming into contact with one of the Infinity Stones that triggers their their dormant powers essentially right. Mm-hmm. So what just recently happened that uh, you can start to use as. Uh, an excuse to get people face to face on a large scale with an infinity stone is how many times they actually snap the gauntlet in Endgame. Right. So if you, if you say like they have a very easy opportunity to say the, because they end up snapping the gauntlet uh, once when Thanos does the snap and then he snaps it again to, to destroy the stones. And then it's what, five years later they have Hulk snap again to bring everyone back. And, and then, then Iron Man snapped it in Thanos. So, 
there's a lot because like when when that happens you know especially like the the wide like the large scale ones that are either bringing the people back that have been dusted or when they were dusted that got sent across the entire universe right so essentially when you think about it everyone in the universe got contact indirectly with an infinity stone because of the snaps and depending so on you your proximity use... it happened at least three times throughout the universe maybe even four times if thanos is destroying the stones did it and it took three times for photon's powers to wake up when because she went into the hex out of the hex and then when she forced her way back into the hex monica's powers turned on so you you there's a lot of parallels with it if it's three times to do it it's happened at least three times universal universe wide yeah maybe even a total of four times so that's a really easy way that actually works it makes sense you know it's because i'm i'm very worried about do you know what I, that I'm means compli- that means you're not only waking up people's latent powers on earth then you're talking about all over about yeah. x-men all over the universe mm-hmm. every planet I think they're they're going to end up doing a really good job rolling in uh, the Fantastic Four because I have a ton of confidence in Watts, the the Spider Man one and two director, who's going to be rotating over to take over that franchise after Spider Man three. I am still a little hesitant because I just don't fully know what their plans are going to end up being long term for the X Men. I'm very glad that Quicksilver, I, as much as I was irritated by him being a joke, essentially, and just a, a trolling of fans and the, the Reddit theorizers, I'm so glad that he wasn't, you know, a parallel Quicksilver. Right. Because we were, when we talked in the first one through five recap on our first episode, we were very concerned that what they, they might be control C, Fox X-Men, control V into the MCU. And I don't want that, but at fucking all, like let those movies, like those movies ended with Logan and they should have never made any more after that. And we need to just forget that they ever happened because three fourths of them were very bad. Uh, and when did, when was Deadpool one and two? Was that post Logan or before? Cause I might not uh, agree with that. I think, uh well, f- Deadpool is so s- such a singular fucking franchise it's that X-Men. I almost, I almost don't even consider him. It's excellent. In the same they're vein. even in two. Aren't they in it for like half of a fucking scene though? I mean, like they have Colossus, but like, why I mean, is this mansion always empty? It's always just the <laughs> two of you here, and they're all in a back room as Quicksilver is slowly sliding a door yeah. shut. Yeah, they. Uh, I'm talking about the movies that have X Men in the fucking title have been very bad for quite some time. I think the last one that I legitimately liked was First Class, and wasn't it like 2011 or something like that? Like it's been a fucking decade. Uh, first Class is the last one I saw. Uh, I, I, uh, Days of Future Past was okay. They did some interesting stuff in that one. It's still the kind of like the the downward spiral mm-hmm. and the. The like the apocalypse and Dark Phoenix are pretty fucking bad. They're I, I to this day I don't understand why they thought it'd be a good idea to like revamp the Phoenix thing again. Right. And let's so let's talk about uh like the Scarlet Witch essentially being kind of the the Phoenix Force for the MCU. I actually really like this idea. I think it's really cool. Um, it, it's a it's a good way to retcon it back in because for people that aren't aware, what originally happened was Fox had the rights to X Men, and basically. Told, made struck a deal with the MCU that you can use like Quicksilver 
and Scarlet Witch, but you cannot call them that, and they cannot have their costumes. Because if they ever used them in their own movies, which they did use Quicksilver, um, they wanted to be able to have those rights. So it was just and they, Wanda they specifically and couldn't call them mutants too. And they couldn't mutants call were them a mutants. big no no. Right. Yeah. So that is why Wanda and Pietro, or just Wanda and Pietro, just had generic kind of costumes. They worked. They looked good, but they're not superhero costumes, right? And they quote unquote got their powers from an Infinity Stone, but now. Fox has sold all their assets to Disney, which means they have sold the rights to X-Men back to Marvel in the process. So now we can call them mutants. We can give them their name. We can give them their costumes. One of them is dead, but the other one can benefit <laughs> from this. That's part of the reason they offed them, too. Yeah. <laughs> because they, they didn't want to dance around all the fucking like landmines that was using those two characters. You, the audience is not smart enough to keep track of two Quicksilvers in two different universes, Jeff. It just can't happen. It's true. So, yeah, they uh, They did they not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did see it coming. That's why they offed him. <laughs> and he didn't see it coming until he got to that part of the script. Uh, but yeah, but we kept Wanda, and we have we're finally able to utter the words Scarlet Witch, and I love the joke throwback to their '70s costumes in all new Halloween Spooktacular, which is the goofiest fucking name, and I love it because it perfectly fits. Like it fits so perfectly, and their then, episode titles for all the episodes are very fantastic. Oh my god. It's a very special episode, the one that's interrupted by Agatha at the end. Uh, I can verify. Let me see. That's the one that has the 9.2, and that song kind of broke the internet. That's the Uh, highest rated one. Wasn't it breaking the fourth wall? When they... Yes. I think think on on a very special episode, I think is the one... Oh God! Which one was I? I'm getting them mixed up. I'm getting them mixed okay, up. Okay, on a very also. special episode is the. It looks to be the Full House one based on the placeholder image on IMDb. Yeah, uh, but, but I, I think breaking the fourth about, wall about breaking the fourth wall because that, yeah. that placeholder image is her talking to the camera and it was Agatha behind it. Yeah. So you're yeah you're absolutely correct. Which I believe they said that was a Modern Family episode, but I've never yes. seen Modern Family. I have seen a couple of episodes and wasn't really a fan of it. So the the callback to Modern Family did literally nothing for me. That like, that's probably my least favorite episode of the series was the, the Modern. It has one, one of my favorite things they ever did with Vision though, because that is what was the Vision thing again. So there's this ongoing gag where Vision and Darcy are in this van trying to get back into town, and. Like they get stuck at this intersection because first the light takes forever to change. Then it finally changes green and then construction workers come out and then they start working on the light for no reason. <laughs> and um, Vision is just like, I'm starting to get the feeling Wanda doesn't want me to come back yet. And then like the crew finally leaves. She starts to go and a fucking crossing guard steps out and all these school children cross the street and they're just stuck there. But as they're stuck there... You know, it's cutting back and forth, and every time it cuts back, he's like, okay, and then, so then Wanda killed me? And Darcy's like, yes, but you asked her to. Okay, (laughs) why would I do that? And she's like, well, to save the universe. Well, half of it. And, like, the look on his face (laughs) as she's talking, and then it does that cut 
where he's sitting in the chair talking to the directors and the producers, talking directly into the camera. And then eventually he's just like, wait, why am I doing this? No, Wanda can't control me. No, what what is happening? He just gets up and like rips his mic off and his head hits the boom mic. And like, they're yeah, like, no, yeah, that they're like you, you can't do that. And then he just flies away. And Darcy is just in the van like, all right, I'll just see you when I get there. <laughs> like, the now, now I am more familiar with that style of show, but just not from modern. Oh, so right. the episode, the episode, the way that it's specifically done in like uh, in WandaVision is modern family mm-hmm. but that that type of sitcom where they have just like the random cutaways to yes. the characters talking individually with the camera started with the the office and parks and rec that's where I've it really never got popular seen either one of those you sh- they're very they're very good uh, i i just recently started burning through the office for the first time and i, I wish i had watched it much sooner because it's, it's very good uh but it's so singularly modern family that i i just got nothing out of it it wasn't a bad episode it's just uh unfortunately uh sitcoms are not a big part of my i I watched bits and pieces of them with my dad because my dad grew up on sitcoms right but they're just not a part of my kind of like viewing library like my history of with with television yeah you and i are in the minority because i fell off of sitcoms really kind of in the 90s and modern family is fucking huge like there's a reason that they parodied it Right, like it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it was like huge. the most popular show for years as yeah. far as uh, uh, comedies on the like the more local channels. But so the the stuff in the the second to last episode that's uh, part of the stuff that just made me love it so much was specifically the stuff with Vision and in her that moment where she is just at the Avengers compound uh, mm. in like upstate New York or wherever, and she has the conversation with him about grief. Yes. The, the, what is grief? If not love persevering line will stick with me for the rest of my life. I'll remember that line 20 years from now. It's just so beautiful and so poignant. And that line alone makes the entirety of the show worth watching. Uh, I, I, I just thinking of that scene and his delivery of it and just how beautiful it is. Like makes me want to tear up right now. It's just such a great line. The thing that I've never understood about why people either don't care or actively dislike Vision is the thing that I like about him is he's very much, very much a computer that is that sees philosophy in a logical way. And they do this a couple of times. They do this in the finale with Vision V. What what I've been heard I've been heard I've heard of uh, referred to as Scarlet Vision versus white vision mm-hmm. they they do it again in the thing that everybody seems to absolutely hate about the entire series um we'll get to that in a little bit i'm sure but um everything that he says if you think about it from age of ultron forward everything is it's always a very logical thing which when you think of a robot character in a show right everything has to be very logic very kind of black and white but he's more complex than that. So at his base level, he's an AI and a computer. But there's the uh, the Mind Stone and Tony and Bruce and Ultron all rattling around in there with Jarvis. Jarvis. So he's got he's got this logic that he then applies another layer to. So like the line you're saying is very much as poetic as it is is a very logical statement at its core right (laughs) yeah because he 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 leads into that conversation with her by starting off with saying i have never 
he's he's such a young creation in the grand scheme of things that he's never experienced it so it's just an abstract like phenomenon to him it's not a it's not a tangible thing to him yet like another another example of that kind of wit that i love about vision is at the end of age of ultron when he has the line of well i was born yesterday before he takes out ultron that line is a very true very logical statement with a little bit of Tony Stark's flair tossed onto it. And Jarvis is always a smart ass too. And so Jarvis, a lot of Jarvis is always too. a smart ass too. So you see what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. It's it, it seems simple on the surface, and then you think about boiling down him, it's it's something that a computer would think, and then it goes through these different layers. It goes through the Tony layer, the Bruce layer, the Spirit Stone layer, the Jarvis layer, and it comes out the way it does. And I've always kind of picked up on that, and I've always enjoyed it, so I've always really enjoyed that character. It also helps I know nothing about that character except for what is in the MCU. But. See, w- the thing with me, and uh, specifically the stuff in Age of Ultron with him is very good, and I didn't fully appreciate it enough at the beginning because my first reaction to Age of Ultron was just like, this movie is so all over the place. My first reaction to Age of Ultron was just, what? <laughs> it's so all over the place and the first avengers movie is such a fucking perfect oh, so classic good. that like i feel so bad because like joss whedon did a hell of a job in quick succession to be able to make age of ultron with all the shit he was required to crowbar to that movie that movie works remarkably well when you go back and rewatch it it's just there was so much hype and so much to live up to with that first avengers movie because it's so goddamn good yeah that when I so I watched it the first time, I was just like kind of blown away by just how all over the place it was, and I was very taken aback by it. But I rewatched it towards the beginning of uh, WandaVision. I, I think I watched it. I think I watched it after like the second or third episode mm-hmm. uh, to go back and rewatch it because I had you know I had very mixed emotions about it. Obviously, there's there's good stuff to it because it yeah you know it's got that Joss Whedon snark to it those wonderful one-liners that he does so well. And I obviously didn't hate it, but I was very taken aback by it. Mm-hmm. And watching it again for for WandaVision after that second or third episode to just go back and do some more homework, specifically for Wanda and Vision-related stuff, because they're, they were always so scarce in their scenes and screen time. I never really gave two shits about their characters in the movies. I, I in retrospect, look back at like some of the great... Because uh, uh, the other line that he has in Age of Ultron that I absolutely love is, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. Uh, he's having that kind of philosophical right. conversation with Ultron towards the end before he zeps the final Ultron bot, you know, about uh, how it's kind of like a glass half full, glass half empty conversation where Ultron is seeing it in a negative way as far as his view on humanity. He just sees how pointless humanity is because they're they're organic, they're flawed. And then Vision is able to see like the beauty in that, you know, yeah, it makes Ultron everyone goes an individual. Full Lilu Dallas multipass when she googles war, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, he uh, he's on the opposite spectrum, but uh, it's funny because he understands where Ultron's coming from because he's part Ultron himself. The funny thing that I was also thinking as you were talking about Age of Ultron is every time I go back to it, it's always better than I remember it being. And as good as WandaVision is and as much as I like it, I wonder if going back to it in six months or a year, if it's going to be, it seem like it makes more sense and is even better. WandaVision or Age of Ultron? WandaVision. Um, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to go back and rewatch WandaVision at some point. 
Um, I, I, I think I could potentially end up liking it more because my brain will automatically fixate on the parts that ended up being meaningful in the long term over mm-hmm. the course of the show. And be- because the it was interesting, the first two episodes dropped and I didn't really care for them I that much just because the sitcom uh, throwbacks didn't do anything for me. And I wanted them to fixate more on the stuff that I was interested about. Um, and they ended up doing that more as the show went on. But as I got more into the show, I did start to kind of like pay attention because of how like intellectual the show was and because of how much people uh, you know, like, were reacting to it as far as the, the theories and stuff. I started to like listen to more podcasts about it. People like were really getting into it. And when I started to kind of like buy into like some of these like crazy awesome theories that like some of the fans of viewers were having that uh, like ended up just not amounting to much. If you can kind of get past that uh, and look back at the show later on for purely what it was instead of what people wanted it to be i think it'll be a more enjoyable experience so uh let's i I really quickly want to tie back in while we're still talking about the vision stuff one of the coolest fucking things i have ever seen in an mcu property is i was uh very uh scared because of the the reveal of uh of negavision at the end of the second to last episode i was like oh shit we're just gonna turn this into a cookie cutter fucking brawl of a uh, of an MCU movie, which I love MCU movies, but what I want out of One Division is something more. And Vision versus uh, the the White Vision, they're having a brawl all around the fucking town, and to have their brawl end on the fucking AI uh, logical paradox is fucking genius to oh, me. Oh, thank God! I it's thought so you were fucking... gonna fall where the rest of the world falls. It is so fucking fantastic. I think the, you uh, and I at this point are the only ones that like that. Oh no, the 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 ship of Theseus yeah. is actually getting a lot of at, at least as far as like critical response Everything on websites that and stuff. I have seen, read, and heard is talking about how fucking stupid that is, and that how it brought down the entire series. To have really the, every, everything I've seen uh, is is people liking it. Yeah, um, but they, I, I haven't I haven't researched it uh, too deeply. Yeah, I've seen it said that it it brings down the entire like all of the vision stuff in the entire series. It's such a perfect ending to and it, it it it's just it's a fucking parallel of his conversations with Ultron too, which is so fucking cool. I require so elaboration. Sh- that and they cut away. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he has the ship of Theseus uh, paradox question with the white vision about how if you replace each of the routed pieces of wood from the ship and you finish it uh, uh, completely, you know, is it still the ship of Theseus or is it something new? And for them to start out and make it look like we're just going to have this fucking this fist fight, which is it's what Superman I don't want from this show. For a minute. Yeah. And to end that off of the AI like logic problem to end that was, was just Todd like and Superman shaking hands and flying opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was it was fucking incredible to me. I absolutely adored the ship of Theseus stuff. Yeah, the ship of Theseus stuff I thought was a perfect way to have a fucking brawl between two computers end, right? Like oh, I fucking love it so much. It's it's absolutely it. absolutely perfect. It's a fitting ending, and Vision has always been philosophical, um, because I mean he kind of has to be. He's new to the world, and he started as an adult with all this information in his head that he doesn't really know what to do with. So, He's essentially an omniscient god. Yes, he has powers from a fucking infinity stone. He has 
powers uh, from just like how incredibly intelligent the Ultron aspects of his AI are, Jarvis, before Ultron existed, was like the most advanced AI on the planet. And you throw in splashes of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, who are two of the most smartest people in the entire Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. And he is he's intellectually a fucking god amongst men. And he like just he's uh, you know what it reminds me of is Dr. Manhattan. Um, uh, the the Doctor Manhattan aspects that I've always loved so much about Watchmen is uh, one of his quotes from this from the comic and then what they put in the movie is you know like why should I care more about you know the Earth's smartest uh, human than I should its stupidest termite you know or yeah. paraphrasing and just to have that kind of like omniscient look about people is is fascinating to me I've always liked that aspect yeah I've always it? seen him as someone that is. Very, very intellectual and very book smart, but having no experience to set all the pieces in place. So, oh, it's 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 funny because he's irreparably harmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Vision has always been very interesting to me. Now, most of the time, they just kind of bring him in to punch things real good. They don't do a whole lot with him, which is one thing that makes WandaVision so great. Is we're finally fleshing out these two characters. I'm so thankful for that because I never gave two shits about Wanda or the vision in any of the movies. And this, this series on Disney plus has made me love their characters that, so much it, more than it, I ever even could if have. Everything else was bad. It at least fleshed out two characters that deserved that were painfully underutilized and it finally fleshed them out. And, you know, like you said, the, the finale kind of points to Wanda is going to be playing a bigger role in whatever the future for the MCU is. So on that note, I want to just elaborate on how much I fucking love her costume. The mm -hmm. the Scarlet Witch costume is fucking badass to me. I, it's it's uh when they first showed it, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." But it's pretty similar to the old one, but it's cool. But when they revealed it with the cape and the hood. Yeah. That one, I was like, "Okay. All right. She looks I'm in. fucking badass, dude." I <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's very simple too, and I, I don't know what it is. It's just like they—they're very fucking good about their costumes because some of their costumes, like how the fuck does Doctor Strange look as cool as he does? Because Doctor Strange should look fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I see him in that fucking costume and that cloak, and it just works for me. And I don't know how it's—it's a—it's a fucking magic trick in in its own right. How they're able to make costumes like that work? Take a look at Doctor Strange in any comic book and Captain Marvel in any comic book. Oh, yeah. And tell me, how the fuck does that translate to real life for them? I don't understand how they do it. Turning the fucking... Uh, they even made the goddamn Captain Marvel space mohawk work. Yes. What? And she looks cool. <laughs> what? Are you going to stop and get another haircut? Yeah. Yeah. And with with this with this show, if you just look back at like all the many roles that Elizabeth Olsen plays, like... How she perfectly plays, like, not even count, like, she plays the 50s sitcom perfectly. She plays the Full House sitcom perfectly. Yeah. She ends up playing, uh, you know, e even uh, taking away from the the sitcom stuff, she's playing both, like, the, the Wanda within the, who's gotten wrapped up in her own WandaVision, you know, like, reality, where she has kind of, you know, like, forgotten herself. And then you have like that scene where she breaks out of the hex to have all the sword guns pointed back at Hayward, I and she just goes. Love that. So that much. was so badass, dude. There's fantastic moments just all over this fucking show. With, with like, I think Elizabeth Olsen could end up being 
like Meryl Streep caliber range in the long in the long term. Once she is able to, uh, uh, like with with the MCU and her role as Wanda, will give her more footing as far as like kind of be like an A list actress in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the roles she will end up doing post the MCU will blow us away. As long as like, as long as. People like look to her to cast her. It seems to be a problem that like when people do try to leave the MCU or do another project, they're just they're just in movies that are bad, and I don't get it. I I think this show will end up doing wonders for her career because everyone in the world has had this show to to dedicate their time and attention to, and just to see how fucking and fantastic Marvel she needed is. this because one of their they really heavy, did. Heavy criticisms is, you know, the lack of female characters. I was about to say heroes, but at this point, we're not really sure what she is. But uh, to have her stand out probably stronger than Black Widow at this point. Oh, I, I think one th- I after mean, this not, show, not I think 1000%. Yeah. But yeah, they they really needed this bump to get a little, a little more... Um, little more more female power in there we need I, I want more from agatha i don't know they're saving her they didn't wipe her out they're saving yeah. her for later uh i don't know where you fell i know you were originally pretty disappointed with the agatha reveal um i fucking loved everything with agatha in this and how she was the villain but her whole thing was pointing out how yeah she's the villain but she's not the villain of the show like Wanda was the villain of the show the whole time. I, they they did so many. Okay, I love Catherine Hahn, and I think she's great in this role. I have huge problems with the writing of her character. It overall, really? I I think they did so many fucking bait and switches with her character because you had I I don't so you were listening to more One Division podcasts than I was. I was basically only listening to one and then dabbling like a little here and there. I was listening to two. People were people had uh, pegged her as as Agatha Harkness after the first episodes dropped. Never heard. So that I had before. been, I had been hearing her pegged as a- Agatha since the first episodes dropped. So that wasn't a surprise to me. They they and I thought it was so cool that they had that scene with her uh, with the fucking witch hat for Halloween yeah. when they did <laughs> that because the the like Am the point of the. Sh- the point of like some of the the misdirects that the show did was to kind of I guess just like fuck with people, and one of the bait and switches in that aspect that I actually really liked was it seemed like Agnes being Agatha Harkness was one of just the the them fucking with fans because they knew people were going to guess that there were hardcore fans because like I said it, it's been a running theme since the very first like if you go back and and if you go do a Google search for is Ag- is Agnes Agatha they will date back to the very first episode that was a very popularly running theory and they had to have known that and when it looked like it was a bait and switch because they had her in the witch hat as a joke for you know like for her in her witch costume and they had that scene where it looked like she was just a person and i thought i thought oh that's genius because they 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 faked everyone out and then for that to be like a double fake out and for her to actually be Agatha but then Agatha really doesn't do much because she just turns into a fucking mustache twirling, like cackling villain that like 
She's the fucking like they even make like allusions to it in the finale. Like she's just the fucking wicked uh, witch of the of the West. You know, like well, they reference that too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like with the, the shoes underneath, like the the crushed uh, car and everything, and they make allusions to it. And I still, like I said earlier in the episode on her, uh, in this episode on the pod, like I still don't really fully understand what she was going to do with her Scarlet Witch powers. She's just very underwritten to me, and I I, I think well, they I mean, she's a typical Marvel villain. I mean, they're, but that's they're the all thing. You're, except for Loki you, you are you are comparing her to Marvel villains within movies that are a select amount of time. You can have as many episodes and have as much of a runtime as you want on a TV show. They had complete control. The MCU, a TV show, with two and a half hour long episodes. So, but you're 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 so you have a mandated runtime that you have to keep a movie within. Like they they had to fight just to get in in game to like three hours. You can do whatever the fuck you want with a Disney Plus show. We were gonna watch it regardless, and they have it broken out to as many episodes as they want, and they can, they can do as much as they want. And for them to still have kind of a crowbarred in villain that was kind of underdeveloped, even in the show, when they have no excuse because it is hard to kind of jumble, especially in the, in the earlier parts. Typically, the villains get better as the franchises go along because they no longer have to be origin stories because like obviously the villain in the origin movies are going to be underwritten because uh, they just don't have enough time to fully establish your main character and you know like so on and so forth and um i i just i thought i thought that agatha just kind of ended up being meh I, I i don't really have any like if they never have her back i wouldn't be disappointed really I, she just i just never really thought much of her character um yeah i mean to that point though on time to develop her more wouldn't you have to sacrifice more of the wanda and vision uh character development that we received over the course of nine episodes though that's the thing though for a good chunk of the episodes we didn't get any development with her character at all until episode three like there's no character development at all happening in the first two episodes they are pure sitcom throwbacks like they 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 they, they didn't even break on like uh to the point where like, like vision didn't even start to like be picking up on shit until like episode four and then they would get to a culmination point of developing her character and it's the the no, what they decided on, he to picked up on stuff on one in episode one he, at his work he he doesn't really start to act on it and until like it in three in episode three he doesn't really start to act on it at all until they get to like literally that episode where they have the evan peters fake out and that's again they start culminating like all of these threads with the like with vision figuring out something's up just to do a bait and switch with Evan Peters and fake everyone out with that. And then they slowed down like the vision aspect of it a little bit because, you know, like, he is kind of, you know, like, just kind of like on, you know, like, kind of walking on eggshells with Wanda as he's, you know, he, he lies to her to go quote unquote do like the neighborhood watch bullshit around Halloween and I, I just I thought the pacing of the show is, is very weird I think more episodes should have been written by the showrunner to give it more of a cohesive voice uh, behind everything because you just have episodes that are just like fucking like uh, for instance uh, like we talked about like Monica not really having much to do in the finale I think this stuff with Hayward uh, is also like just like really bizarre and underwritten and the stuff with Hayward seemed to mostly, in my opinion, like be like associated with Monica because his whole thing was he took over the the you know like the director of sword position because you know like they have like the the background uh, episodes where she had scenes with him as far as you know her being grounded because of the 
the like the uh, the rules that her mother had set in place before she died mm-hmm. and the, like the, for the hayward stuff to like come to a head uh just to end on like the darcy joke of her like hitting him with a car and and monica having fuck all to do like in the entire last episode outside of saving the kids uh there's still a lot of speculation surrounding hayward though we're gonna be seeing him again you think i, I don't think they'll ever show him again i think he's just done there's there's talk of he's possibly in I still don't know if it's a, a movie or a series with Nick Fury. Huh. So there's that. There's also still the speculation that he ends up being Doctor Doom. Oh I'm gonna be so pissed if that's the case, because that's he's such he he's such an incompetent character. Whenever like he doesn't do shit. The Fantastic Four um, theories running. He was Doctor Doom in everyone's theories, and people oh, are still. Holding I'm glad on I. That. I'm uh, that. That makes my just like my fucking eyes roll. I it, I just think his. Though. I think his character is completely worthless in the grand scheme of things. Like he doesn't. He he never like accomplishes shit in this show. He's just an asshole, and he just like he's the Justin sends Hammer people of the in, show. Except Justin Hammer is like Good. really likable, and <laughs> Sam Rockwell is fucking amazing, so yeah. he can do whatever, and I'm okay with it. Like Hayward was just a complete waste of time. Yeah, character-wise and the way he's utilized, he's Justin Hammer. And I have huge problems with Iron Man too. I know you like that movie. I, I do not movie. like Iron Man too. So I that's that's not a good frame of comparison for me. Well, get either. your own roof. I do want to talk about let's so let's let's just uh, do a little bit of speculation. So I was a little disappointed that I thought it was cool they had the call out to how she's like. Uh, she is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. I yes. thought that was cool. They actually called him out. Uh, were you disappointed that Doctor Strange never had a cameo, or never really like? Because I thought he was going to be at least involved in a post-credit sequence uh, directly, since they are moving her over into Doctor Strange too, and they they never outside of the Sorcerer Supreme like illusion, they never directly tied him in. So, what were your thoughts on that? I thought that was fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, I was a little bummed out. I, I at least wanted to see him. I, I wanted to di- like. I, I think it was more important to directly tie Scarlet Witch and Wanda to Doctor Strange two than to kind of have the the mid credit sequence pointing Monica towards like sword or whatever with the scrolls. Like I, I think the Doctor Strange two stuff is more important in the grand scheme of things, especially since the multiverse is stuff is so, like you mentioned earlier. It's so paramount within the next phase of it fucking up like the, the Spider-Verse realities and, you know, like Doctor Strange 2 being uh, called, you know, like in the multiverse of madness. And she's so important. Like, I, I wish they had had more. It was cool seeing the Scarlet Witch, like uh, astral projection, reading the Darkhold, kind of like, you know, like Doctor Strange uses astral form to pick up on magic faster. That was a cool callback. Did you notice, though, that anytime Doctor Strange was doing it, he was basically asleep and she's like outside taking in a breath of fresh air and making tea while also in the other room doing that at the at the same time yeah. simultaneously like that she's in two places at once <laughs> she she is going to end up being i think fantastic uh the way that they they're going to intertwine they her with hand this character over to all the people behind anything doctor strange related it's going to get bat shit dude because the way Doctor Strange was utilized in Infinity War and in the Doctor Strange movie, like, it, you you had told me before I saw Infinity War that he basically kind of steals the show in one scene. And that oh, whole so scene good. with him and Thanos... Oh, it's so good. ...was absolutely incredible. Could you imagine if she's the villain of Doctor Strange because she's desperate to get her children back? And 
her and her v doctor strange and it's kind of cool too uh is because uh so i just watched doctor strange uh as one because i've been rewatching like a good chunk of the mcu over the past month or so just because one vision kind of got me back into it after i went back and watched uh age of ultra uh, uh ultron to kind of kick it off so i rewatched doctor strange a few uh days ago and they can directly have a continuation of one of the plot elements of the the first doctor strange uh because uh, I could totally see them having the place that she's able to... Because uh, So they send like the hex wave as it's kind of shutting down across the, the city. And they have like the really great scene where she kind of, you know, like she tucks... Her and Vision tuck the kids into bed oh, and so they painful. seem they seemingly, like, you know, like disappear. And for, for the Scarlet Witch, you know, being able to hear them, I wonder if they are kind of like lost in the dark dimension. Because uh, the dark dimension was kind of like the... The, the dimension that Dormammu oversees, it's kind of like, you know, like perpetual endless time. And since uh, Wanda kind of birthed the, you know, like the, the two uh, kids to life out of seemingly nothingness. And then they then kind of, quote unquote, you know, like died when the hex. Like, I could kind of see them using that to kind of like segue them into potentially being trapped in the dark dimension because they're these kind of like beings out of time and out of space, you know, right. just because of their, the way they were uh, you know, like brought to into being. Well, in a way, even if it is manufactured, was the hex not its own universe? So if we're talking multiverse and an infinite universe is in an infinite multiverse, that universe is still out there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all I will say is that, Doctor Strange 2 is my most anticipated movie out of their entire next phase. I would agree with that because uh, that and Spider-Man are the only two I know anything about. I don't know. I don't I don't even remember the names of the other ones cuz I don't I don't know those characters. I don't know those worlds. Uh the two of the the more uh kind of like off the wall ones are uh the Eternals and Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Um I I know very little about them. All I know is that their their concepts are batshit. That has worked in my favor once and worked against me really bad once. So uh elaborate on which ones uh, I require elaboration. I require elaboration. Um Guardians of the Galaxy I knew jack all about. And I and also great. knew jack all about Iron Fist. Well, the Iron Fist is yeah, it's not really. That's kind of not anymore. Netflix doesn't have the rights to any of that shit anymore. Well, I, I'm just saying, does. like, I, I I don't really think it's fair to like criticize because those fucking shows were like barely. It worked against actually me. A, a thing. <laughs> it worked against me like pigs trying to swim in gravy, Jeff. Oh, that show! <laughs> Why did I watch all of that show? <laughs> Why did you watch all of Iron Fist? Because I'm a completionist and an idiot. I watched all of season two. Oh my I god! I watched why? them all. Why? After season two season is actually one, pretty good. Did you go back for more. Iron, Iron Fist season two is actually pretty cool. I like, but I was actually kind of liking it at the end of season two because they, they they did all the like because they 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 dumped the shitty fucking Scott Buck showrunner that ruined season one of Iron Fist and ruined fucking Dexter that pissed me off. They dumped his ass, and immediately season two is like ten times better. Um, it was actually pretty good. They did a lot of interesting shit uh, with the end of, towards the end of the second season. That kind of got me on board, and it got shit canned. <laughs> so I wasted all of that time. <laughs> the thing though is, Spider Man is like arguably my favorite. Ca- he's my favorite Marvel character. He's close to be my favorite just comic character after Batman. Like they're like one A and one B in my eyes. I don't know. I think they're both one A. I can't decide between Batman and Spider Man. Honestly, I. I, I 
I think it's still Batman for me, despite like a fucking hair. Uh-huh. But for me to have Doctor Strange be my most heavily anticipated movie of the next phase when there is Spider-Man 3 says like volumes of just about how incredible of a job that they did with Wanda's character and as like setting her up. Um, I'd agree. Because I am glad that I am glad that with with Wanda that they kind of found a way to like have their cake and eat it too by kind of rotating the 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 Scarlet Witch aspect of her to be kind of like the Phoenix Force because now they get to have Wanda and still have kind of her her representation as a villain. They could kind of have her uh, be both, which is, is, is it's okay for me. Because I think this next Doctor Strange movie is going to be fucking awesome, and I cannot wait for it. Um, are, are there any other things we uh, haven't talked to just kind of about uh, the state of the finale and just kind of your, your overall thoughts before we kind of close out this episode? Just looking back. I know the thing I was least looking forward to talking about was the ship of Theseus because I just knew you were probably going to agree with everyone else. So I was really happy to hear that you agreed with me on that. I think you should look up some more though, because uh, everything I've heard has been positive. I, I think there's I've heard more has people been horribly negative. I think I think if you start browsing around um, uh, Google and Twitter about mm-hmm. it, I think you'll find a lot. Because like there's a lot of articles about um, uh, like I'm looking. I, I just googled it. Wanda, you know, like uh, ship of Theseus. Uh, the Easter egg makes uh, Vision's ending even better. You know, like uh, the ship of Theseus fixes some of the dumbest things about the endings of Marvel movies. Like there's a lot of positive thought pieces coming out now about it. So I, I think it. I think it was received more positively than you might have initially been seeing. Uh, the only other thing we kind of washed over, because uh, you and I were disagreeing about uh, Agatha, was I did like how Agatha makes it real clear, real fast, that she is basically not strong enough to take on Scarlet Witch. So she spends two episodes just whittling her down and whittling her down until she is more powerful than her. So I did like that. Um, I thought that was cool. That starts with uh, previously on, because not only are you getting more of the backstory, but you're also fucking with Wanda's mental state. And then it, she takes the kids, which breaks her down further. And then she releases the entire town from her spell, and they're fucking furious and coming at her, and that breaks her down even further. And by the time you get down to it, you know they're at probably the same power level or. Agatha's maybe even a little bit stronger, and now she's strong enough to take her powers. And then Scarlet Witch, even having been more powerful at the start, and then now probably not, ends up using Agatha's own trick against her because technically the hex is one giant ass room. Yeah, her her using the like the the ruins and inscribing them on the interior of the hex was really cool. Yeah, and I've seen enough Dragon Ball Z to know that fake out when I saw it. They do that a lot in Ble- Bleach too. I was waiting for it, dude. I was so excited because the every time there's a character in Bleach that never misses. So when he misses, you know there's a thing he's setting up because he has a specific power he can do, but he has to set up a perimeter to do it. And he they do that like four times in that series. So when I saw her like energy blast, energy blast, miss, energy blast, energy blast, miss, I was like, oh, dude. And then sure enough, uh, the hex is one giant ass room, and only the witch that casts the runes can use her magic. So, yeah. The, the Yeah, I, I'm so glad they found clever ways to end both the Vision versus Vision fight mm-hmm. and the uh, Agatha versus... And Christina asked me how Scarlet Witch like would have already learned how to do that, and I was like, well, remember, she doesn't have to learn. That's the whole point of Scarlet Witch, is she doesn't She's need the incarnate. incantations. It's just the power of desire, yeah. basically. She wanted that spell, yeah. she wanted it to work, so it did. 
another just wonderful fucking line uh in the finale that man this 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 show has just some incredibly emotional lines that just hit me right in my fucking very soul dude we've said goodbye before so it stands to reason we'll say hello again yeah like that made me want to cry and, and it's that's just a probability so that's probability logic <laughs> and it's just it's just so impressive to me that this show exists and was able to turn these two characters that were like their grand total fucking screen time out of all those fucking movies they were both in was like less than 30 minutes total which is such a crime and for them to turn them into characters that on multiple instances can make me tear up is such a wonderful job and such great character development and i'm as as even even though i have a lot of like problems with some of like the structure of this show. The show is very important for the MCU and I think it's just wonderful that it exists. So they were able to actually, you know, give these characters the the screen time and character development they always deserved. Agreed. And I'm excited to kind of like see where they go from here. Um uh with with just how much they're they're showing that they're willing to be ballsy with these shows. Um, I know you haven't looked because obviously WandaVision's batshit because like three-fourths of the fucking show is just sitcom throwbacks and you're just like, what am I watching? Because it's so... Because the MCU had gotten into such a cookie-cutter mold that I love that they opened up their MCU TV shows on Disney Plus by kind of being batshit. It's less risk on Disney Plus to experiment than it is in the theater. Do you know what Loki is about? Have you looked up anything with Loki? No, not even a little bit. I don't want to tell you because what Loki is is similarly bad shit and so I've heard it's, outside I, the mold. Heard it's basically WandaVision. It, it's not. Uh, it's I, I don't want to talk about it because if you can just watch the show and kind of figure out what the fuck's happening in that show without be, uh, being aware of it going in, I think it might make you like it even more. That one's not till summer, right? It starts in June, yeah. I think. Loki is, is also batshit. So I love that they uh, two of their first three shows are these very experimental, just fucking weird concepts. Because that, that bodes well. They they need weird right now. They they have done over 20 fucking movies. And even though they're like 95% of them are great, there's only so much you can do out of that formula that they had going. Mm. So this is great news that they're 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 breaking the mold with their their shows. But I think that's gonna be uh, a wrap for WandaVision, um, unless you had any other thoughts before we sign off? No, I think we've uh, pretty well summed up everything. Where do you fall in the series as a whole, one through nine? Um, I have a lot of problems with it, but the good outweighs the bad. And the performances uh, from Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and uh, just the fact that, that a, a superhero franchise took the time to realize they had put one of their characters in Wanda through some like seriously emotional shit and actually have it have consequences, I think is fantastic writing. You think you'll wait a year and revisit it and see what you think? Um, I definitely will eventually rewatch this. Um, I will. I will probably... So Doctor Strange 2, I believe, has been confirmed, assuming it doesn't get moved back. I believe Doctor Strange 2 comes out next March in 2022. So I will probably use that as my excuse in about a year when that movie's about to come out. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can all go back and see it in the theater together. Because, like, God damn it, I fucking missed the movie theater. <laughs> have, we, have we heard anything about Black Widow? So the latest rumblings that people have been talking about with Black Widow is there is a lull in the MCU Ooh. schedule on on disney plus uh between loki and the falcon and the winter soldier so what people think 
is that Black Widow is going to have simultaneous release on Disney Plus and in theaters uh, in limited release in uh, early summer. I had heard that rumor also, and along with that rumor is that it will not be Disney Plus Premium. That it will just be straight released on Disney Plus for all subscribers. Yeah, I I think that would probably be a wise move. Just uh, I I think they have a very good thing going with Marvel, and I think they don't want to piss people off with it. Mm-hmm. I think they were they were willing to kind of piss people off with like like a, like the live action Mulan. Yeah, just because it doesn't have like they they want to keep public reception of the MCU as favorable as it is because like it's like the most popular fucking movie franchise of all time that's not named Star Wars essentially at this point like. How much fucking money did Endgame make? Like $3 billion? Can we take it's a minute as we're signing huge. off here to just reflect on this never should have worked. The MCU, if you think about it, is batshit insane that it not only worked, but worked as well as it has and is still good. Fucking, what are we, 13 years later? 13 years and uh, I think uh, 23 films in, something like that. It's fucking crazy. That momentum that they have right now is is absurd. To be able to make something like Thor work, to be able to make something like Guardians of the Galaxy work. It's a fucking is, raccoon. It's Jeff. just it's fucking crazy. There's a talking ra- tree too. It, like, if you had told me 13 years ago in 2008 that I would be eventually doing a podcast in 2021 about an MCU TV show? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> anyway. Whatever Ke- whatever <laughs> Kevin Feige gets paid, and I'm sure he gets paid a lot, it's not enough. Yeah. Because the man is a fucking genius, and he knows exactly, like, which projects to release at what time, how to somehow make in, like, what's fucking crazy, dude. Like, maybe, like, the most impressive thing about the whole fucking thing is that you have all of these movies... That have their own singular tones. Like Iron Man has a tone. Guardians of the Galaxy has a tone. You know, mm-hmm. Captain America has a tone. And they're all so different, yet the voice is singular throughout the whole thing. And when they all combine into something like in-game, it yes. works. Like they it feels like it works. And it shouldn't because they're so different. But it's it's like I think it's like the, just that Kevin Feige magic. Like he knows the voice of their movie franchise and he knows how to make it gel and it, it just fucking works. I just still feel so bad and pity the fool that has to play the next Wolverine. I, <laughs> I should give him all the fucking benefit of the doubt in the world. And I do, but I'm still nervous about how X-Men is going to get rolled in because they could, it's like the easiest thing to fuck up that they've approached so far in my opinion. Don't forget Fan 4 stick. I think Fantastic Four is much easier to roll in because I think there's a lot less baggage with Fantastic Four just because it wasn't around as long and nothing in Fantastic Four was ever as beloved as Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. I, I think that's like, no one's like, uh, no one's going to be pissed off that like Reed Richards and, you know, like uh, Ben Grimm and, you know, all those Fantastic Four characters are going to be recast. Even though, like, people in those movies were pretty good as those roles. Hugh Jackman was, like, the fucking face of the goddamn X-Men movies for 20 fucking years. And to be able to recast that character, 
Oof, I, I, I agree. I do not envy them at all, because that's got to be a fucking nightmare. I just want to see Chris Evans walk on as a joke as the Human Torch in a multiverse. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> have him uh, have him in the next um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse thing, yeah. and he sees one He sees one of like the Captain America fucking school PSAs. <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's where, that's where I would introduce if they weren't going to introduce fan, fan, fantastic four here with the hex being cosmic microwave background radiation and cosmic radiation is what gives the fantastic four their powers if they weren't doing it here they're in comics and cartoons and everything they've worked with spider-man so much if you wanted to introduce them somewhere else before their own movie that's where i would do it I wonder. So it, I think a th- like a, a theory of mine is that the the Monica Rambeau and like Nick Fury stuff is them tying Sword back into Captain Marvel. You two. think they're gonna be like what, what if the Fantastic Sword? Four? Are, well, yeah. What if the Fantastic Four are just Sword agents and they're like an away crew, and that's when they get blasted by the radiation that turns them into the Fantastic Four? Because you can very easily do that. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I'd be all about it, dude. The because there's already a rumor that uh, what's his name, uh, Matthew. Fox is that Daredevil? No. Oh, um, what the fuck is his name? Charlie. Charlie what Cox? is his last? Charlie Cox. I think that's his name. Charlie Cox. He. Um, there's a rumor that he is going to be in Spider-Man Three. Yeah, it seems As like Matt the. Murdock. It seems like the. Uh, they they might be kind of calling back to the Netflix Marvel as a like alternate reality marvel and not the true mm-hmm. mcu but who knows in a true multiverse you give me nick cage's ghost rider again <laughs> just do it already <laughs> just do it that would be fucking that would be fucking money dude <laughs> yeah give me give me nick, nick cage. give me nick cage uh ghost rider and fucking doctor strange yes all about it all hell about is it. just another dimension that's all it is all about it uh yeah we can ramble all fucking day. Uh, we'll, we'll probably end up doing. Um, I would like to do a recap uh, after like each of the the Disney Plus shows, just because we'll end up fucking watching them eventually anyway. Yeah. Might as well. So we might not do two parts for each one, just because I feel like one division is going to be the most uh, just bizarre one as far as like we had a fucking MCU show about the traumas of loved ones dying. And sitcoms. So, told through Dick Van Dyke. It's it's such a fucking mad lib of a thing, and it's crazy that it worked at all, and they fucking pulled it off. So, uh, this one definitely required two episodes. Um, We'll probably just have one, I would imagine, for for Loki. I have a feeling that Loki, with just the fact that it is Loki, that one may end up being two. Want to tell you what Loki is doing in that show so bad, because it's so fucking bonkers, and I... I'm so excited because it's just He's pure like going Jeff through history or something, right? Yeah, it's like the sitcom thing, but it's history instead. So he's like he's like a, he's like a fucking time cop essentially. He he is correcting fuck ups in multiverses. I heard it's like one division, but he's Doctor Who. Sorta, of. it's kind of like half Doctor Who and like half Quantum Leap essentially. Okay, but I am all about it. I'm super excited for it. I'm super excited for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, even though it is more cookie-cutter MCU stuff. I love those characters, and I, I am partial to that storyline because I read all those comics, actually, because hmm. Captain America comics for the last, like, 30 years or so have been some of the 
best fucking Marvel comics ever. Uh, and those are storylines I'm actually familiar with, like the Winter Soldier. And but you mean that old Hydra agent? Let's not talk about that one. That was <laughs> that that was a messed up. But the Ed Brubaker stuff with the Winter Soldier uh, and and uh, Rick Remender stuff with like the Falcon becoming Captain America a few years ago. That is all stuff that they're using for these shows. Um, that is is great and is gonna be great. But um, yeah, I'm totally excited. So uh, we appreciate you listening to uh, both of our One Division episodes. If you've stuck with us this far. Uh, Ron, where can people find you when you are not talking MCU shows with me on this podcast? I am streaming on Twitch every Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, beginning at 9.30 p.m. U.S. Central Time on most nights. I try to get there at 9.30 most of the time. But you can find me there, YouTube, and Twitter at TV. There you go. Uh, you can find my personal Twitter account, GMillerSPR, and our Twitter handle for the show for any updates and... Uh, just kind of like a post that coincide with the drops of all of our new podcasts like this one. Uh, it's at SPR Filmcast. We appreciate you listening and y'all have a good one. Bye.